Welcome back to the What's Your More podcast. Today, I am joined by a fellow podcaster, Eden Kendall, also host of Gator 99.9 Gator Country with Eden and Amadeus. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here today. Thank you. It's really fun for me to be a guest. I'm not usually, so I'm just sitting back letting you do all the hard work. Oh, well, no pressure. Well, I tell you what, the thing about this is I love the fact that when I reached out to you, you're like, yeah, I'll totally do it, yeah. but I don't really know where I fit into your, your show. And what I love about that commentary was it kind of gave me a chance to say, well, our show is anything and everything. Like it's, it's one more, like what is the one more thing that we want to talk about? What's the one more thing we want to do? And so there really is no direct path. While we have that financial section that we talk about, our guests range from all walks of life and we love that. So we're very grateful and honored you to be on the show today. So thanks for taking some time to spend with us today. Well, you're really welcome. And you know, it dawned on me after we spoke that the financial piece of it, we all have financial information coming into and out of our heads. Yeah. So it really can apply to all of us. So all of the different people that you talk to, we do all have that in common in that we're all just trying to do our best with what we've got. Yeah. And, you know, and, and the news doesn't help us. It clutters that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of clouds a lot of things. We have a whole section on the news is not your friend and why. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you deal with that in your world as well, especially when you're interviewing guests and they have, you know, uh, things that are written about them that are incorrect or, or social media platforms that are out there about them that are incorrect. So I'm sure they deal with that at a different level than we do, but we all, again, deal with that as well. So speaking of that, tell us a little bit about your radio journey here. You know, as, as a host, you've been doing this for quite some time. I've lived in Jacksonville for 20 years. You've been on the radio ever since I've been here. Day well, one. a lot of people I, I see on a daily basis will tell me, oh, I listened to you when I was in school <laughs> or on the school bus. And the first thing you think is, okay, you know, way to age me and make me feel old. But, you know, we are who we are. That's we, right. we are the age we are. And so in 1995, I started on WAPE. I mean, there was, a, there was a past before that. I was on a radio morning show in college at University of Florida, and I did morning radio. And I thought, this is a really fun way to make a living. And I'll move wherever I need to move nice. to do that. And the place that I was able to go to, even though I wasn't from here, was Jacksonville, Florida. So I came here for a radio station, then ended up moving to Atlanta and worked at a station there, came back in 95, okay. which is what I was referencing, and went to work at WAPE, which is a top 40 heritage radio station here in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's a big one. Uh, it, was, it was a huge honor to be a part of that. And we were there, I say we, because Amadeus, who I work with now, was with me there as well. And we were there for 12 years. Then we decided, we were all in our 40s at that point, and decided, okay, top 40 radio, maybe the way for longevity in this career is to make a switch. Maybe mm -hmm. country radio is somewhere where we can then continue to grow, continue to yeah. thrive. And we liked country radio. We had an opportunity. So we had to take six months off because we had no competes. Okay. So... After six months, nobody knew where we were going. Everybody had their speculations. Nobody was guessing country. And then we popped up in 2007 on 99.9 .9 Gator Country, and the rest is history. That's fantastic. So I, I heard you mention there you had a non-compete. So that was never an issue. You just took your six months and said, I'll honor it, move on, and go do my thing. Well, we knew for a while we wanted to make a change and that we would have to be out of work for mm -hmm. six months. So we all stockpiled. I say we all because there were three of us. Mm -hmm. uh, we stockpiled our money. We we were careful. This this would have been something we could have talked about on your podcast yeah. if there were podcasts back then. <laughs> and we were ready yeah. to make that change. Good for you. And so when it happened, it was a scary thing to do. Mm -hmm. But we felt it was an investment in our future because yeah. it, 
at some point, we weren't in the demo anymore for that audience. And we wanted to be able to relate to our listeners better. You know, that kind of goes to, you did the right thing. And sometimes doing the right thing is not profitable. And sometimes it's not easy, but you, you doing the right thing paid off in the long run there. And mm-hmm. you kind of got away, you know, unscathed and not having to worry about anything. And you got a fresh start over there at 99.9 uh, Gator Country. So congratulations on that. Thank you. It was risky too, because we did not have a contract when we left. We had mm. to take a leap of faith because they couldn't, to protect themselves, hire us while we were still employed. And I think there was tampering yeah. thrown yeah. around. I don't know the the exact contractual parts of that. Like corporate espionage, Corporate collusion. espionage, all yeah. of that kind of thing. So we really had to be completely unemployed before they would even really get serious with us. Wow. So it was a leap of faith, but it paid off. I would say end. so. And probably what's ironic about this is that you left a top 40. And now with country kind of going the way it is, it's now top everything. It and, you is. Know, and I'm from Nashville, born and raised. Oh, are you? And, uh, yeah. I grew up, my mom, I grew up in the country music because my mom worked for Tanya Tucker for years as a personal assistant. Did she really? Oh yeah. When two sparrows and a hurricane came out, that was like, that's when everything took off. And I remember being like eight or nine years old when that happened. It was a big deal. I remember wow. that. Uh, that's like my country music, like story I have being there. And that was a cool ride to be a part of. So it's interesting to see where country's gone from and to where it is now. Some might even consider it pop, but you know, you guys really put yourself on the right train there because I would argue that it's got a larger following than some of the top 40 stuff right now. I would, I would agree with you. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. Especially some of the crossovers and the Mm -hmm. way country's going right now. It's been your platform that you chose, you made the right decision. I felt like we did at the time because the music at that time, the year being 2007, there just wasn't a lot of substance. And I don't, I don't feel that way now about pop music. I think mm-hmm. there are some great artists out right now. It was just that dot in time in 2007. I really did feel like my kids were little. I wasn't really excited for them to be listening to the music we uh, were playing. Good point. The messaging. And I would tune over if I would go for my runs because I'm a runner. <laughs> I would tune over to the country stations and hear a lot of heart and a lot of feelings mm-hmm. in the songs. Agreed. And so I was excited to just be a part of that. And I had to really learn everything I know now at that point, because I don't go as far back as you do where it comes to being a fan or being knowledgeable. And I just, I just love music in general. Uh So it's like country just kind of falls in that category. But what was interesting, my wife brought up a point, actually my daughter brought this up. She's 16 years old. I thought this was uh, intriguing. We love country, listen to it all the time. It's like the safe play to your point. You can play it. Yeah. But she said, dad, why is all of country music about drinking right now? Right now, it sure is, isn't it? Whiskey. It is, Whiskey yes. is the, the the word in almost every <laughs> other song we play. Correct. Yeah. And she was like, I just feel like it's all about, she's a huge Taylor Swift fan. Mm-hmm. Her name's Taylor. Not because of that, that just happenstance. Right. And she's like, dad, every, you know, every song is involves this in there. And I thought that's a pretty good observation because as an adult, I don't even blink on that. I just think like yeah. the content they're talking about is relevant. But that's her take on it at 16. I thought that was pretty interesting, the impact that's having on younger generations right now of what they're hearing versus what we're hearing. It is interesting. And I had joked about that just the other day. We were talking about doing some kind of a contest, like with a musical montage. And I said, we could just take every song right now that we play that has the word whiskey in it. (laughs) It would go on for an hour. Oh, for sure. For sure. You could almost uh, play Name That Brand because yeah. they all name different ones on there. Right. And exactly. you know, it's almost like they're craving for a sponsorship. So they throw a name out there to get kind of, you know, put together. It's all strategic. I'm sure how they do it with the publicists. But, you know, nonetheless, 
still love country music, still a great genre mm-hmm. to be a part of. So congratulations. Thank so, you. Uh, how long have you been on the show there? You said- um, So I we moved over there in 2007. So uh, gosh, what is that making this now? <laughs> I can't even yeah, think 13, about it. Thir- 13, 14, ooh, 15 years. Yeah. Been there 15 years. Wow, time it's flies. It's been a while. Yeah, we yes. all had a time warp there for about two years in Because for a very long time, we always thought of WAPE, the big ape, as mm-hmm. our long-term jobs. Okay. And then this is new. And now all of a sudden, one day we're like, this isn't new anymore. This is where we've been the longest. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's how mm-hmm. I feel about Jacksonville when I moved here. I used to call Nashville home for so long, and now mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, I've lived here yeah. longer. Yeah, it just, all of a sudden, you realize that where you are now is is your longest yeah. relationship with a certain place or employer. Right. So you guys made this change, and as you made this change, what was the biggest adaptation for you going from station to station, switching genres? Like, was there, was there something you had to like learn and overcome making that hurdle or were you just pretty flawless and seamless? I would say that a lot of it was flawless and seamless, okay. but a giant part of it was not. And that was telling and explaining to the country fans that we belong there, Ooh. trying to get them to accept and understand us. Now for my partners at the time, it was Steve uh, Sutton and Amadeus. And so the two of them had this great background that they could constantly bring up. They had been going, even when we were with WAPE, if Dwight Yoakam was in town, they were there. They, they have been solid country fans for all those many years. Okay. I, on the other hand, was new to all of it. So we really kind of had to do some convincing in mm-hmm. some cases. And in other cases, we had to convince our pop listeners to come on over with us. So there, I guess it was just a a lot of justification, a lot of convincing ourselves as much as everyone else that we really belong there. Because you, you do second guess yourself when you, you know, it's, it's just like the conversation Clinton and you and I had where I was like, I don't know, should I be on your, do I belong on your podcast? Do I fit? Yeah. And, and, and the answer is yes, of course you do. And, you know, I, I kind of thought about that. And, I, you know, as you make this change, one of the things that popped up to me was that change is inevitable, participation is optional. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love that saying because once you figure out what you're in control of, you can take positive actions towards those steps to do and accomplish what you want. And the change for you was, hey, I got to associate myself with a new genre. I got to learn about it. And I've got to get people to understand that this is not fake. This is real. Like I'm into mm-hmm. this of what I'm doing. So which leads me to my next question. Currently, who's your favorite artist? Currently, my favorite artist is, but did you see that way I'm trying to stretch it out mm-hmm. so my mind so can work? So many of them. You got yeah, you know, to lottery I here. I have so many favorites. <laughs> you can give me three. Um, okay. Uh, I love Kenny Chesney, which oh, yeah. is, I know, like a, a no-fault, default artist yes. to love. Um, and while he is not without his controversy and his problems, <laughs> I love the music of Morgan Wallen. Oh, yeah. that's. I uh, mean, it's such agreed. a shame that he stuck his foot in it mm-hmm. so many times and I think the reason that he's still on the charts is that he is just so incredibly talented, and that's that's how he's managed to stick around. You're naming but, two of my favorite right off the Oh, gate. really? Well, okay. Yeah. And then I feel like I want to grab a female artist okay. in all of that, too, and there are so many really great up-and-comers, uh, Gabby Barrett and yep. Carly Pierce, and, you know, they're, they're, I could say that there's such a long list mm-hmm. of newer artists that—, that you know, I could just name so many of them. Yeah, I feel like every time you turn on country music, Carly Pierce is on the radio. Like she's, 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 she's having on, a great one, but you know who else? Laney Wilson. Laney Wilson, yeah. She's, Yellowstone she's, just took her to another level. Yes, she's at a whole other level. She's yeah. true blue country. Fits the mold. Fits the mold yep. of the Tanya Tuckers yep. from days gone by. Yeah, she's She's, she's a cowgirl. Yeah, she's a cowgirl and phenomenal, very talented at that. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that you said that about Kenny. So he's, he's literally from 
the Tri-City area. I went to school in Knoxville in Tennessee and he's from that area. So there's like, I remember watching him perform when he didn't even have, you know, that, that big orange ball song or sings my tractor sexy. Like he was there and that was like back where I come from was the song. And what a great, like seeing him just kind of turn into the Jimmy Buffett of country music has been awesome. Uh, and then Morgan Walla, my son and I, that's like before, before we became fans after the voice, when he was on the voice, uh-huh. we liked, we liked his concept and what he was doing. And when he, when he started doing the way I talk in every song he had said something about the Tennessee Vols in there. Yes. That's where I went to school. My wife went to I school I mean, I'm there. not I a fan like, of the Vols, but right, I'm a fan right? of songs that have a true piece of the artist right. in them. So he's from a town called Sneedville, oh. which is right outside of Knoxville. My wife is in dermatology and she's a PA and she had to do an internship in Sneedville for six weeks. And she was like, Quinn, it's like, you remember the movie Doc Holiday? Of course. Okay, it's Doc Holiday. Classic movie. Steveville was Doc Holiday. She's like, Quentin, I'm here supposed to be doing a just a regular general practitioner in, internship. She's like, we're delivering babies. She's yeah. like, we're working on dogs. She's like, it's one shop for all here. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. And she was like, it's just, it's nuts. And uh, she's like, such a small town. And when he says from a small town outside of Knoxville, he means a small town outside of Knoxville. Wow. It is super tiny. So it's kind of interesting. But uh, yeah, it's, that's that's great to hear because I often wonder about his, um, you know, I heard an artist, excuse me, a songwriter talk about he made more money on just that Morgan Wallen album uh-huh. than he did on the previous 20 number one hits he had because of the way that digital music has taken over, which is the next topic I was going to roll into was, you know, now with digital streaming, the amount of money these artists don't make versus what, and the songwriters versus what they used to make. This songwriter was saying that when Morgan Wallen put his foot in his mouth and became kind of canceled, that he made more money because people bought the albums up and yeah. the streaming would take it down. And he said it was one of the biggest paydays he had had because of that. Oh, it, it was a huge, huge career high for him. And if he's doing all the things that he said he would do, which was, you know, of course, the mm-hmm. sensitivity training yep. and all of those things. And and I'm a believer in second chances. And if his heart is is good. You want to see someone succeed. His latest song, of course, touches me the most because he's singing to his mother. (laughs) I thought you should know. And he's saying, you know, okay, you know, I know I gave you a a lot to worry about back in the day, but I thought you should know that right now things are going Mm -hmm. well. And I thought, gosh, that had to make his mom feel really good. Yeah. We love that song around our house. We get it. We crack up about it all the time. It's one of those songs where no matter when you turn on the radio, it's on, but you don't get tired of it. Right. So it's it's a classic one like that. So uh, no, I appreciate your your take on those things and, and letting us know that. So as we kind of transition a little bit from radio, you've also got two projects you've launched while you've been in radio. And one has been out for about six months and the other one's been a little bit longer than that. You've got two pot. You're your own host, as we mentioned earlier. <laughs> you're a host on the radio and you host two additional podcasts. And I believe uh, one is um, Eden and Amadeus After Hour Show. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll talk about that here briefly. And then you have Unfiltered and Uncut as well. And we'll talk uncluttered about- Uncluttered and Uncluttered and Unfiltered. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I had it backwards. Thank you for yeah. going. Uncluttered and Unfiltered. And- uh, interested in both of them. Okay. And so let's talk about the after show. You kind of told me a little bit about that, that, hey, listen, sometimes we have these amazing guests on and we don't get a chance to really kind of delve into some topics because we got to get a two minute reel. And that's really hard to be perfect for two minutes. Kind of talk to us about what you guys are doing on the show there and how audiences can hear more about that. Well, the way this came about was uh, my co-host and I, Amadeus, were equal parts co-host on that show. And we do try to play as much music as we can. Mm-hmm. We always set a goal to get this many songs in an hour And we want to make sure that our communication is brief and to the point. So what happens is the two of us jibber jabber for hours off the air. And sometimes we think, wow, we're much more entertaining off the air than we are on the air. So we thought, well, let's try and see what it would be like if we every single day 
did a podcast after the show and just poured through all the notes that didn't make it on the air okay. or go deeper into these stories that did. Well, we quickly found out that every day was too much for us. <laughs> so we decided to do it twice a week. Then we started to realize that there were a lot of guests that wanted to come on our show that we wouldn't say yes to because it just didn't make sense for us to have a quick interview with a guy that was maybe on a show, a TV show that's streaming, but not, you know, it's interesting to talk to someone, but mm. it wouldn't make so much sense, like out of the blue to have Paul Reiser, the actor in the middle of a country show. It just wouldn't make sense. Sure. But we really wanted to talk to him. Yeah. So we would say, all right, well, let's start doing this. We'll, we'll take... Just about any guest that wants to be on our show that their PR person reaches out to us, they're pushing a project or whatever, we'll talk to them for 10 minutes at minimum. Mm -hmm. If there's gold in there, we'll grab a couple of minutes of it, especially if it's a country artist, right. and we'll use that on the radio. But then we have this whole 10-minute conversation that we can release as a podcast. And Ingrid Andress, who is a, another great, great up-and-coming female, female artist, she's, a, she's an example of... The first one of the first country artists we were able to do this with because she once we really got talking to her all of a sudden we weren't talking about projects we were talking about her new rice cooker her favorite bar that she visited when she was in Jacksonville and and how she feels when she's on stage and, and we were really getting into much more in depth things and then once we were able to whittle that down to two minutes that's a much more compelling story to tell mm -hmm. on the radio. But if we knew we only had her for two minutes, how are you going to get that in? You're never going to get to those really good nuggets. 45 you, seconds of introduction. Hard yeah, to even get past can, to the end of that. Right. And then you want to make sure you're plugging whatever it is that they've mm -hmm. got that they're working on. Because these kinds of artists don't call you unless they have something they want your listeners to hear about. Right. And the next thing you know, we're talking to Neil deGrasse Tyson. or cool. Yeah. Or, you know, very random. Mm -hmm. Very random. Hard to justify on the radio, but excellent <laughs> podcast guests. That's fantastic. So is that, that's on all streams on platforms? It's on right all now? streams, Apple, Spotify, all the things. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what a great concept too, because you know what I've learned about podcasting here recently is that podcasting has turned into a way outside of your normal streams. And, and for you guys, you know, you're on the radio, so that's a massive stream. But a lot of businesses, which is what you're operating as a business right now, a lot of businesses, they think like newsletters or, you know, social posts, don't get me wrong, they're great. But this is the up and coming way to reach out to your audience. It really is. This is the way to to reach out and touch them in a more reasonable platform that's entertaining to them, not necessarily an email or a social post. Right. And I think you guys are doing a great job with that. And I think that the, that is a wonderful concept. And bringing in different, you know, opportunities with people that wouldn't be on the show is, I think it shows your diversity. I think it shows the diversity of you and Amadeus a lot when you do that. What I am enjoying the most is learning something new. It could be very easy. I'm 56. It could be very easy for me to say, you know, I'll ride this particular thing out. I was uh, hosting a midday TV show for those who are not in Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. It was a, a show on a very big local network here. And it was like a variety show. And we had great guests on all the time, lots of interviewing. And I had been doing that for about seven years when I decided that that was just too much, mm -hmm. too much, two full-time jobs was too much. But then I had this time where I could learn a new skill. Mm -hmm. And so what do you do when you want to learn how to be a podcaster? <laughs> you listen to every podcast about podcasting. Yep. And the next thing you know, I had the bug to try that. So I appreciate you saying that, you know, it's it's exciting to launch something new, but to learn something new, even if nobody listens, you've learned a new way to communicate. 
Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. www.boemortgage.com. Because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. Podcasting is a lonely echo chamber. And so one of the things that I encourage our guests to do is if you like what you're hearing today or you like what you're hearing on Eden's show, guys, go right-click, share that, text it to someone, and then five-star review it. Leave a comment. It would mean the world to us and to Eden on these shows because what you don't recognize is that these texts, when you're like, hey, I heard your show. It was awesome. If I could just get you to put that into the actual yes. platform, Tell it would everyone. mean the world. <laughs> because I, what a lot, of, a lot of audiences don't understand is that when you're rated on these platforms, it gives individuals like you and I an opportunity to get ad reads and to actually monetize the episode and turn it into a business, which is effectively what we're doing. But we love your comments because it is a lonely echo chamber and you telling us how great we're doing or things you want to see us get better at or improvements, it helps us so much. So if you could do that, we would greatly appreciate that. That's my plug for the show here. That is great. And I'll have to learn from that because the way I have been ending both of my podcasts is leave a review, leave five stars, do all the things that people on podcasts tell you to do. We don't know why it works, but evidently it does. There you go. You know, so I don't even understand the algorithm or any Mm -hmm. of that. I just know that Every podcast I've ever listened to has asked people to do it. And now I'm starting to see on the other side where that really is so helpful. Yeah, it moves and you it up. costs the listener nothing. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, the thing about Spotify is just a five-star. There's no comments. The thing about Apple, you five-star and can leave a comment. That's super powerful when you can do that because Apple really puts you up in front of the charts mm-hmm. in your genre. So great point. Speaking of podcasts, let's talk about the other one briefly here. And I kind of see this smile come over your face as I say this here for the audience that's not going to get a chance to watch us on YouTube. What you're seeing now... Now is there's a high level of like this is the project like this, this is, is the, the one right this is the one and I listened to uh so can I tell this story when we were talking about podcasters like the big thing in Jacksonville is to reciprocate on podcasts and you uh-huh. immediately said hey l- let me stop you there I don't want to burst your bubble but I can't bring you on to this podcast. No, can't do it. And I, I jokingly laughed because I said, I, I get it. And I understand. I had listened to one and a half episodes and I'm like, there is no place for me on this show. No, and I you're get too it. young and you're too much of a man. Well, that was, I thought that part was funny. And you said, but I had one gentleman reach out to me oh, and he said, you want to tell that story? Sure. I'd, I would love to. So the podcast is called Uncluttered and Unfiltered. And the way it came about was that a friend of mine that was a regular interviewee on, on the TV show I mentioned, mm-hmm. River City Live. She's a professional organizer. And through the years, she's come to my home to shoot segments. I am a very disorganized person. Okay. I lose my phone (laughs) in my own car about three times a week. I can't keep a pair of glasses that I like. I can't have nice things. I'm just a mess. So she and I were complete, total polar opposites. Okay. And she said to me, I really want to take you to lunch 
now that you're semi-retired and you're not on the TV show anymore and you have some time. So we went to lunch and she said, we need to do a podcast. We are so opposite from each other and there's nothing out there for women like us over 50. I don't believe that there's nothing out there, but what she was suggesting was that she's not finding a lot that she Mm -hmm. was enjoying listening to. And so we thought, all right, so she's an organizer. So there's the uncluttered. Okay. I will just spew whatever I feel like (laughs) saying, and that's the unfiltered. Love it. And so we try to, over the course of about 25 to 30 minutes, once a week, have these conversations or guests that will be something that a woman 50, 60, 65, Mm -hmm. 70 can relate to, not maybe have a lot of people that she can talk to about it. And then we also try to throw in some organizing tips as well, because that's Christine's expertise. Right. So to your point, after our first episode hit and we were thanking people profusely on social media channels for listening because mm-hmm. we debuted with a, you know, almost a thousand listens in our yeah. first episode, which is lot. unheard of. And I mean, we haven't gotten there yet on following episodes, but we did so well on that first one. And one of the first people that reached out was somebody who wanted to be a sponsor. He wanted, he had an organizational company and he said, I can come on your show and give you a man's take (laughs) on all of the things you said on that episode. And I said, no, everything else in the world is a man's take. We don't need you to mansplain what we said on our podcast that's for women. And so we kind of said there and then, unless there was really something that was very applicable to women mm-hmm. that only this particular man could say. It's not to be sexist against men. Sure. It's just that we want to have a, a, a private little space for us. Yeah. Yeah. And and I you told me that and I'm still laughing. My eyes are watering because I'm like, uh, apparently he didn't listen to the episode. He could not have possibly. <laughs> There's no way he, he possibly got possibly. that. But I, I thought that that was funny. And that's why I had listened to the first episode you know, and then kind of migrating the second one. And I was like, yeah, there's not a space for me on this no, show at all. And when really you said that, you. I already knew that. Yeah, I, already I, did that I, mean, I just thought it was funny. You, you told me, you're like, I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you right there yeah. in your tracks. But nonetheless, congratulations on the show. Thank you. A thousand episodes on the very first episodes is unheard of. Like yeah. that is off the charts. And with your episodes, you've also, I, I believe you're in the 20s now. I saw that you are, you're in the, tw- you've recorded top, 20 plus episodes. Yeah, we've got 22. Yeah. And in your top 20 in your, your genre and, mm-hmm. you know, for our audience, what What's important about that, if you're ever thinking about doing a podcast, you know, um, we kind of talked a little bit about this. Seven episodes is the metric. And most podcasts fail after seven episodes. They run out of content. They think, again, the lonely echo chamber is not coming back and telling them how positive affirmations of how great they're doing. They're not seeing any success on the channels. And most podcasts are not treated like a business. And that's another thing. They're treated like a hobby. And you have to treat these like a business. And I think what you guys are doing is you're doing a fantastic job of leveraging um, past relationships, also your audience as well on both platforms. And then also just people in general want to see cool things. And what you guys are doing is really cool over there. Thank you very much. And I would say the same about your podcast. You have some truly inspirational guests and you have found a way to really bring things out from those guests. And that's, it's difficult to do Mm -hmm. for some people. It's easier for others Uh, You have the inquisitive style and you're a curious person and that's what you really have to be if you're going to work with guests. Not every podcast has to have guests. In fact, I've heard other podcasts that say, and I I know you do both where you'll Mm -hmm. have guests or sometimes you'll be the expert Mm -hmm. because you have an expertise when it comes to that financial piece of it. 
And I've heard some podcasters say, stop bringing on guests because you want to be the expert on things. Well, I'm not going to be able to be the expert on, you know, sex when you're over 50. I've got to bring in a doctor. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, I, you're like, I can't. I'm the expert unfiltered. I got that. I've got the, you know, well, I'll be there to talk about all of the things that don't require a medical license, but right. we do sometimes have topics where we need to have a psychologist on to mm -hmm. help us. We need to have somebody who can speak to that particular topic with at least a little bit of authority. Right. And I mean, expertise is critical. And I think that people that say that about their own show, um, there's a couple of things that they're probably trying to do. They probably are trying to monetize in the form of what they're selling. That's right. They probably have a book. They probably have some sort of service subscription base. There's a lot of opportunities where people want to sell and they don't want to confuse the audience. They want it to be about them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you they also probably have 20 commercials per episode. You know, there's a lot going on there. Right. You know, I subscribe to a couple that are like that. And I'm like, all right, man, let's get on with the show. You know, one of the most popular ones out there is like a four hour podcast every time he releases one. And I, I probably think 30 minutes are commercials, but he's very good at what he does. Mm -hmm. Another thing I recognize about podcasts is, man, I'm super late to the space. Like this space is so filled and so crowded. I think there's over 4 million registered podcasts on Apple, but only 200,000 are active, It's which is it's, still a lot. It's amazing. And you know, not every podcast has to be for hundreds of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. There, there are people out there, and I'm on a uh, on a Facebook messenger group called She Podcast, and okay. it's all women podcasters. And it's going to sound like I'm just this, you know, feminist that can't, you know, wants to. It's, but there is there is obviously a, an empty spot that can be filled. Mm -hmm. So. But what I'm seeing is some of these people that have these really successful podcasts have such niche things that they're, I mean, there's one that one lady on there that she's crushing it. And all she talks about are doodles, any kind of dog. That's a doodle. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, that's amazing. And the people actually, that's like what people yeah, want to hear. Somebody, yeah. Avid followers, right? They found their market. They have found their niche, you know, and oftentimes that when we talk about podcasts, you don't think of Jacksonville as a podcast hub, but Jacksonville, Florida, what I'm finding out is literally the capital of podcasting. You in the told United me States. this. I didn't know yeah, this. It's it's nuts because I mean we don't have an XM radio. We don't have a serious station where people come in and do all of that stuff here, like they do out on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. Here, Buzzsprout, you know, you have platforms you can go to host your podcast. I believe you're on Buzz, I Buzzsprout. I am. Okay. We are. We are. So you're on Buzzsprout, and they're headquartered right here. And a lot of people don't know that. And they host, they're the number one podcast platform in the United States as far as hosting podcasts. And they're right here and they have a lot of meetups. They do a lot of great things. They have meetups? They have meetups. They have meetups where hosts like you and I go to it and we meet up and it's called like a podcast meetup and you just talk about your shows and that's how you do a guest swap. There's a, there's a company called Podmatch where they actually will have people, it's like a lottery. You, you, you go review a podcast, Charlie, and you get two lottery entries and it goes into pod match and we'll in turn pull a number out. And if it's your number, you could win up to 50 reviews, which means people have to now go review that are pod apart, go review it. I actually won one and got two reviews from it. It was pretty simple how My it works. Gosh, I and didn't know anything The about only this. cost is that you're listening to other shows and reviewing them. Which is a learning process in and of itself. Correct. If you are the kind of person who, and I, I know this about you from the short conversations that we've had, if you're the kind of person that really loves to learn, mm -hmm. you know, I actually, then that, that is, you know, these are the groups that you want to be in. I mean, because everybody has more to learn on this, right. even the people that are the best at it. And like, what was your favorite podcast 
before you were a podcaster? Was it, I was it business related yes, or it was, was it business related? You're not a true crime guy. I'm not. And that's the <laughs> thing. Neither. Like, it's crazy. I'm not, I, I, there's, uh, Charlie is, I'm not, you know, what's crazy about that is, um, my favorite podcast prior to doing this was probably some economic ones that, that people I know that talk about on there. I think Gary Keller has a fantastic podcast called think like a CEO. Um, and I love the mindset and the things that they offer to that. Um, also huge fan of, um, uh, Tim Ferriss. That's the four hour one I was referring to. Oh, okay. It's a great one. Um, but you know, if you need to take a drive and you need something to listen to great. Um, there's some great ones on there that I'm, avid fans of, but when it comes to like true crimes and storytelling, that's probably where I fall short. I don't do well with those, uh, for whatever reason, but how about you? What was your favorite podcast prior so, to So my favorite podcast prior to this was We Can Do Hard Things, okay. which is Glennon Doyle and, um, and Abby, uh, Wambach okay. and her, and Glennon's sister. I'm, I'm not sure her name, but they call her sis. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know. But that was like one of my favorites that I love to listen to. But I tell you, when I when you go back into that niche thing, there's a podcast that we actually did a, a swap where we both recorded our podcast as the same podcast and we okay. both released it. And it's called Running Scared and it's a running coach and she tells the true crime stories and then in the middle she'll say things like, all right, we're going to pause now and walk for 10 minutes and then she'll be like, all right, pick up the pace. As I said, she grabbed the bloody knife and then, you know, bludgeoned her husband. Wow. And it's just all mixed up together yeah. into this like running experience that you're having and it's called Running Scared. It's great. So we've had her on because my partner, Christine, loves true crime. <laughs> I, I don't love it. Right. And it's literally some of the number one spots every week. Yeah, a week in and week out. I mean, if you're not Joe Rogan, you're the you're you're true crimes. Yes, you know, and so crime junkie, all of those. correct. And I think a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people like what I'm finding is on social media, especially people like um, convicted statements. So if you're convicted in your thoughts and you are standing by them you're going to get a tremendous amount of interaction and people are going to pay attention. They may not like it. You might not get the right attention, but they're going to pay attention. And I think that that's where most people probably drop the ball on the echo chamber side of podcasting is if they would launch, think of it like a sales funnel and the top of the funnel is social media, not podcasting. The social media is what's going to get the podcast out. Then it funnels down to subscribers and all the way down to possibly monetizing. But the top of that funnel is social media. So if you don't have a social media presence or you don't have a social media team working for you, because as we've talked about, it's a full-time job. It is. If you don't Can have be. that, that will create that lonely echo chamber and will actually amplify it and make it worse, in my mm -hmm. opinion. So it starts with having a sound social media team. And if you can't afford to have a team by your side. I know that I've spoken to podcasters that do a great job with, is it River City, um, where you can host your podcast and you can actually clip the reels and record through River City and then get the reels back out through social media. Mm, you can Riverside. Be your, uh, Riverside. Thank you. Riverside. You can be your own team yes. through Riverside. Descript is like that too. There's one called Descript okay. and you can actually use the, the text to do the editing. You're mm -hmm. looking at the text, making an edit, and it's actually editing the video itself. It's not crisp and smooth the way like Charlie is going to do it. <laughs> but it, it's it's definitely an option for people who don't have that kind of experience. Like for me, I came from a TV station. I've been editing video for years. I've been editing, editing audio for years. Huge advantage. So we did walk into this whole podcasting experience with just a little bit of a leg up mm -hmm. there. But I... I'm a firm believer, talk about leaning into something. And I got this from my father and I'll tell you an amazing story about him. 
I've always believed you have to keep learning. I attended a social media seminar at UNF just a few months ago. It was an all day thing. Awesome. And, you know, there were a lot of people like me in the room that weren't the people you would maybe expect. You're probably visualizing in a social media expo and you're thinking like, you know, a bunch of like Gen Z, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of us, you know, the Gen X group trying to hang on, trying to stay relevant, trying to become still a big part of what's going on today and where everyone can see your messaging because you're right. It will get lost if you're not on social media, but you've got to always be learning. My father, when he was in his seventies, just decided he wanted to speak Spanish. (laughs) He just decided that. He had been in South Florida for long enough and he's like, "Mm, I'm going to (laughs) learn. So this is before we had apps Mm -hmm. for that kind of thing. So he did some online things. He read some books. He joined a group in the library at the library that was solely Spanish speaking. He started watching every movie either in Spanish with English subtitles or the opposite. Okay. And he just immersed himself. He got online and had chats with people in Puerto Rico that he knew through business and would insist they only spoke to him in Spanish. And by the time he was done, he was practically fluent. Wow. You know, that's that says a lot because talk about leaning in, you know, the old, uh, I think Lou Holtz is the one that kind of coined this phrase that, you know, we and our minds are like a tree. If we're not growing, we're dying. And if we're not feeding that with the proper knowledge to learn and get better, then we're actually deteriorating, you know, one of the greatest gifts we have. And, you know, here at the age of 70, your father's like, I'm committed. I'm going to learn another language. And he was retired. He's like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> I guarantee, I guarantee you that's added additional lifespan onto him mm-hmm. because of working one of the most powerful organs in sure. your body, you know, and, and we don't use it enough. And, you know, I, I, I talk to some people that I work with all the time. I'm like, you know, post-college or higher education, whatever it is, you just kind of like put the books away. And you're like, I'm done with that. Like I've served my time, if you may, and you forget. And so, you know, when you ask like what podcast I listen to, I listen to more audio books in the car than I do podcasts because constantly wanting to learn and study from other people to get better. And mm-hmm. you're always having to adapt and not necessarily change, but you're always having to learn. And part of learning is adapting and making those changes. And, uh, you know, Charlie and I talk about all the time that once you realize what you're in control of, you can take positive actions towards making the change that you want to be. But a lot of people like to complain about things they have no control over. Like, oh, like for my business, for example, interest rates. Oh, I can't believe interest rates are high. I have zero control over that. So why right. on earth am I going to complain about that? You know, so I think that when we focus on things that we can change, you know, like I'll take my kids, for example, when he complains or she complains about a teacher, right? I'm like, you can't control the teacher, but you can control the actual what you're learning in your grades. Put your, put your efforts into that and then do good in that. Don't worry about the external factor that doesn't really affect you because quite frankly, you have no control over it. That is the exact topic of the, at the date of this recording, the episode that we released yesterday of Uncluttered and Unfiltered was anxiety. And Dr. Gwendy Cohen was our guest and she's a cognitive behavioral therapist. And what that means is she talks about distorted thinking and changing, you can't change the fact that you're going to have this anxiety causing Mm -hmm situation, but what you can do is change the way you think about it, change the way you respond to it. And she gave a great example. Her 30-year-old son, she said, is always late. He is who he is. Mm -hmm. She can't change his behavior, but she can change her own. So she invites him 15 minutes early every time. She never tells him the real time to come. So these are the things she can do. She can change her own behavior. She cannot change and she, can, and she can find herself being mad at this person, resenting this situation mm-hmm. and this person's actions, or she can change what she has control of, which is exactly what you just said there. I love that. And it's it's interesting because I, jo- I, I do that to people. 
Like I didn't know about this episode, by the way. That, oh, that's isn't that funny? We didn't know about this episode no. when we talked about this, but I do that to people. Like I know that if people are habitually late, I will tell them 30 minutes early where we need to be. Charlie's laughing, but I will do this on purpose <laughs> instead of, instead of making, you can't change the stripes on a zebra. You just can't. You can try and you're yeah. never going to win that battle. So accept the person for who they are and then adapt your behavior to that to where you don't have anxiety or you're not upset about it and you're not resentful towards them because at the end of the day, they're not going to change. Plus, they're probably a great person, which is why you're hanging out with them anyways. So change mm-hmm. your actions. I love it. And, and probably the same personality traits that you love might feed into that being late. They're spontaneous. They are a free wheeling person. These are the things you like about them. But then when it comes down to, I read something once that said the very things that first attracted us to our significant others are the things that drive us the craziest now. Yes. Yes. I believe that. I do believe that. I mean, it's so, it's so funny you say that because, you know, I had someone tell me a long time ago, um, the most powerful thing you can do in a relationship is he's in, and He's right, because I've done this. Aaron will kill me for saying this, but you come home and you go, what's the one thing I do that drives you nuts? And just listen and let them tell you and say, listen, this is a free zone. And then ask them, what's the one thing that I do that you never want me to stop doing? And focus on that and get rid of the other one. It's like an accelerator in the relationship. I can see where that would be. That's really solid. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought, oh man, that's an amazing, that is an amazing concept. And I remember when I came home and I asked her the first time, she laughed at me. She's like, is this a prank? Like, are you being, or is, uh-huh. get, get, what's going what on? What did she say? She, well, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, that's yet to be determined. We'll leave that here. Mm. But she was, she's, uh, no, I'll tell you this, the, the, the thing that she told me she didn't want me to stop doing was continuing to be a a father that is involved in our kids' lives mm-hmm. at at the level I was from coach. Like I I put I put a ton of stuff aside to be involved in coaching, and it didn't matter what event my kids had, I was at drop it. I would be there and be involved in that. And like you know these phones, all this stuff today, it takes away from what we're doing. Just put it down, like and be involved and be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she always said. Being in the moment is like the most powerful thing that I could do for them. Listening and being in the moment. That that's tremendous. I'm curious though, without you telling what it was, what is it, were you, were you surprised or could you have predicted the other one, the thing that drives you the craziest? Because I feel like if I were to ask my husband that I would already know his answer. answer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew the answer and we usually do. That's the thing. But it's nice for them to be able to say it and to feel heard. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And and the thing is to your point, you knew the answer. You knew the answer before you asked that question, Uh you know, but the, the, da- the other part of this is you better be able, you better be ready to reciprocate the question because it's coming right back at you. Mm-hmm. It's a loaded question, but it's good. It's healthy to do. So I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting when someone told me that. It's definitely a good improvement. It's something you ask. I still ask it to this date. So, and, mm-hmm. and, and to this point, you still know sometimes those things change, but it's good to hear it. Yeah, it's a it's a great conversation yeah, starter. Absolutely, absolutely. So, guys, if you want to hear more stuff like this, you want to tell them about your you want to tell them about your show. What channels you're on again? Oh yeah, sure. So, um, uncluttered and unfiltered is the one that uh, I do with Christine Stone, the professional organizer. What you would get out of that if you are a lady over fifty. You found your people. You will you will get to hear us complain about things like when you pick the shirt up off the rack, why is it only to your belly button? Why can't they make shirts anymore that go all the way down to your waist? Things of that caliber. You know, sometimes we get a little deeper where we talk about sometimes you feel a little bit less seen when you reach a particular age. We always have a, at least a good belly laugh Every episode, something happens or we get to some point where we just are rolling around laughing so hard. Uh, <laughs> we've also heard from women who are under 50 who are like, can we be a part of this family? And we're like, come on over. You That's know, awesome. We'll get you ready for when you're going to hit 50. <laughs> 
And for that, our socials are all uncluttered and unfiltered. We have a website. We have social media, uh, Instagram. We've got TikTok. We've got Facebook. We have a Facebook community. And, and let me tell you, the community part of it is probably my favorite piece of it. So That's we've got, awesome. it's called Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only. Okay. And you have to be accepted. All you have to do is really show that you are right. indeed a lady of a certain age and you're right on in. And it's just a great little place to be um, inquisitive or, you know, post a funny meme. So that's for, that's that one. And then if you are in Jacksonville and listen to the radio in the mornings, 99.9 Gator Country, we also stream and we have all the socials there as well. And then the show after the show podcast is on all of the all of the channels and we are also on our website and we are in the Gator Country app. Yeah, that's awesome. I know it sits uh, in my top six presets on, on my truck and it's right next to you two between uh, XM56 and then you guys right back and forth and I, I love the station. The idea of a community is great. That's the new thing. That is the new thing. If you're podcasting, build a community because mm. that's where people can come to and you really start to build an audience. I've heard that over and over again. So the fact that you guys are out in front of that, congratulations. That's awesome. It is really nice. We fi- If we find out that someone is going through a particular thing, we might put a post up saying, hey, everybody's so-and-so, and they don't know them. Sure. So-and-so uh, has broken her leg. Let's all put a, a gif in the comments of a happy thought for her. Yeah. Or And, and it's it's... I think that we are in a situation when we're women over 50 where it's more difficult to make friends if you don't have like a hobby that is kind of easy to make. Like I'm a runner, as I Mm -hmm. mentioned. So it's very easy for me to find other people with my same interests. But for a lot of people, it is more difficult. So I think that there's definitely a place for, for everyone. And you just got to find your people. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing. When you identify your audience, you find your people, then all of a sudden you got a business going. And that's when people come to you to kind of outwardly have a message to those people. Sponsors mm-hmm. start from there. Ad reads start from there. I know you're experiencing some of that now. And it's it just, really you guys amazing, have just actually. taken <laughs> off. You know, you really have. And, you know, I've watched you guys from afar from the moment you've launched and it's been really, really thank cool. You. It's also been inspiring and uh, you're doing a great job out there. And I just can't thank you enough for being on the show today, sharing I your story with us. And coming I've learned out here. a lot from you. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm honored you say that. I appreciate that. But again, great having you on the show today. And uh, it's just awesome hearing your story and congratulations on all the success. And if anybody's listening right now that has not listened to this particular podcast before, go back and listen to the Coffee Bean Guy. Yeah. That's a great great episode. Thank you so much. Yeah. Episode 25 with Damon West. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Again, thanks for being on the show today. Of course. I got one more shot. I'm going to make it. One more chance. I'm going to take it. And when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so I put all into it, yeah